I think the, the basic premise here is this. We don't have enough housing in Ireland and we need to look at what we can do from every and all angle to increase housing supply. And that means trying to provide more student housing too. We did a survey of 22,801 students and what came back through that was 36% of students who are living away from home while in college are actually not in student accommodation, either public or private, but they're in private rented houses. If we can get those students into proper student accommodation that's more affordable for them, that's good for them, but it also frees up homes uh, for families to buy, for young professionals to move into if they're moving to a region. So there's a double benefit here. So I've gotten government go-ahead to now start investing taxpayers' money uh, in building student accommodation. Uh, and you said that's meant we've been able to press go on a number of projects that already had planning permission, DCU and Maynooth are, are two in question. There's plans around UCD and Trinity. But perhaps most excitingly, and particularly from a, from a Midwestern point of view, I've gotten the go-ahead for the first time ever to invite the technological universities uh, to submit their plans and their ideas on what they could do on student accommodation. They'll all get a letter from me today, uh, the Technological University of the Shannon, perhaps being your local one, um, and they will be invited to submit their plans by March. To, to your question about new or, or repurposed, they'll have the choice of doing both. We're inviting them to come out forward with ideas around any vacant properties or buildings that they might have on campus or that there might be in their communities that they'd like to do up as accommodation, but also to put forward plans as to how they'd like to build actual student accommodation in the way that some of the older traditional universities have done. As I mentioned uh, at the outset, there's also work underway with uh, two universities that would be of of concern and interest to us here in Clare, the University of Limerick and the University of Galway. They've secured approval in principle for further investment. Ha, uh, have any idea or sense of, of how many beds are planned for, for, for both universities? Yeah, so the University of Limerick actually has the second highest number of student accommodation beds in the country. It has 2,934 beds. They've just submitted a plan to me for another 200 beds. Um, This is in the short-term activation scheme, another 200 beds that could go to construction uh, this year. And we're awaiting a plan from Galway, but for a similar probably 200 beds. I was in Galway very recently. We opened just 674 new beds. Uh, and I know they're working with my colleagues in the department uh, on another 200. These are, these are, if I can call them this, the short-term projects, the projects that are largely ready to go or can be turned around quickly. And then the next layer of work um, is to look at the, those that don't currently have planning permission and invite them to bring forward plans. And in Limerick, that could be very significant because in Limerick, you have the University of Limerick, but you also have the Technological University of the Shannon, the Moylish campus, uh, and you have Mary I. So I'd like to see those universities working together to not just say this is accommodation for my university or, or your university, but actually this is accommodation for students uh, in the Midwest region. And I'd like to see proposals from them uh, in, that, in, in that regard. I guess there'd be benefits from those extra beds and student accommodation UL for Clare students, uh, you know, who would have the option to, to live near campus, which in turn would save them on travel costs, depending on where they would be travelling from in Clare to UL. Very much so, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that came up when we surveyed the students and one of the five points in the new student accommodation policy is specifically around transport because a lot of students highlighted that actually the key to helping them with student accommodation isn't just building new student accommodation, it's better public transport, uh, particularly in the regions. Now, we have obviously um, brought in uh, measures that half the public transport costs uh, for young people, many of whom are students, and I know that's made a significant difference in terms of reducing cost. But that's only of use to you if there is a bus or if there is a train or if there is one that runs at the right time for you in terms of getting to your lectures. So I got government agreements to set up in each of the regions, including your own, uh, a new public transport forum between the universities 
the National Transport Authority, the local authority, to actually see as, as new projects like local link bus routes and the likes are being rolled out to try and make sure that the university's needs and the needs of their students are taken into consideration because that could significantly reduce the need for young people to to get a car or spend many hours in their car or indeed spend much money on petrol and diesel. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, um, really, really important element of the strategy. And I presume two big elements of, of, of those discussions will be uh, the frequency of buses to the third level institutions and also the times uh, that they leave and arrive, uh, that there will be enough buses, but also that they will arrive at a time where you're not going to be late for a lecture or two hours early. Yeah, this is it. Like, and I mean, if we're serious about climate action, it can't just be about lecturing people that cars are, you know, you, you should use your car less. We actually have to realise that in certain parts of the country, that just isn't possible currently because not enough has been invested in public transport. Now, I do think that's beginning to change. And we did see a 27% increase in public transport use last year, which is really good. There's been good measures brought in uh, by the Minister for Transport around significantly reducing transport costs for, for all people, actually, but particularly for younger people having them. But now the next piece has to be really investing even more in these local link services, these specific bus routes uh, for rural and regional Ireland. And they need to be joined up. Like, I can't be meeting students who tell me it's, it's great, Simon, there's a bus, but the bus gets me, as you say, an hour late for the lecture or two hours early. So the purpose of the new forum is to make sure that as these new routes are developed, um, that the needs of students are factored in, in a way that perhaps they haven't been, uh, or certainly haven't been uh, as much as they should be uh, up until this point. And speaking of points, have, have we have we reached a point already uh, just in relation to all these extra beds eventually coming on stream where th- those pupils in secondary school uh, who are thinking about what CAO course they should choose, that they're basing their choice off what accommodation they think they'll have available to them, um, uh, rather, you know, not have it determined by available accommodation, and that, you, that they choose their preferred course and not just go with a second or third choice because it's in a, a third level institution that's in an area where they know they're going to be able to get accommodation, which is is not ideal that you're picking uh, not no. your your bet your your preferred choice absolutely look and as the minister for as, a, as an education minister as a minister for further and higher education i mean i want every young person and not so young person who goes to education to be doing what they're passionate about you know to be studying what they want to work in the area they want to make a difference in not having to worry about other considerations and that's why we are really working to try and reduce their their costs so if you're a mum or a dad listening to this this morning and if you're paying for your son or daughter's accommodation or might be next year in college, any sort of accommodation, digs, college owned, private, for the first time ever, we've now extended the renter's tax credit to you so you can claim €750 Euro back for your son and daughter's rent. It's why I've reduced the cost of college fees this year by €1,000 regardless of your income because sometimes if it's just about grants, people who are just over the limit can just miss out by a little bit and that's not fair either. So I want people to be able to study where they want and what they want but I, I do also want to move beyond the idea that all roads need to lead to Dublin or even lead to Limerick uh, or any city because I want to make, make sure that we can invest in the regions. And like that's why I'm very conscious in, in talking to you in Clare. Like there's a university campus now in Ennis. Ennis is now a university town. Clare is now a university county. I think there's two social care courses being provided there. There's about 50 students doing their third level studies in Ennis today. This is good, but I also think we could do so much more. Um, and I want to work with the Technological University of the Shannon to see how we actually make campuses like Ennis busier. So there'll, be, there'll always be people, um, Alan, who can't, no matter how much accommodation is available, there'll always be people who are at a stage of their life where they can't access third-level education if they have to move far away from home. They might, um, they might need to do it part-time. They might be trying to raise kids. They might be trying to hold down a job. Uh, and actually, the benefit of bringing third-level education into the region, uh, into County Clare, um, is real and makes a huge difference to people in terms of being able to access it. 
You've mentioned the Twos campus on Binden Street in Ennis and uh, this is connected to the Distributed Campus Support Fund worth four and a half million to support higher education institutions that have multiple campuses in remote regional locations like Twos. What issues are associated with multiple campuses and how will this funding help address those issues and particularly for students who attend the uh, Ennis campus at Twos, how will they benefit from this funding, Minister? Yeah, so like if I've just said as I have that there's a benefit in rural and regional campuses, it's not just enough to say it. You have to make sure that there's actually a recognition that it costs more to run these campuses. So if you're a big university in Dublin and you have a large campus, of course it's expensive to run, but it's more expensive if all of a sudden you have to run five or six different campuses, you have to make sure you staff them, you're perhaps dealing with smaller classes. Um, we need our students to be able to have good facilities. You shouldn't have to go to a big campus to have access to sports facilities, for example. So what I'm doing now for the first time is putting in place a new ring-fenced fund. It'll be an annual fund. It's €4.5 million this year. I hope it goes up even more next year. And this is basically divided out to the universities who have multi-campuses. So it means the Technological University, the Shannon Tooth, will get an allocation of just about 700000 I think it's 690000 And that allows them plan to invest more in their campuses, including the ones in Ennis. So it's up to them to decide how they wish to spend it, but the, the guidelines and criteria around it are investing in staff numbers and student services and student facilities in those regional and rural campuses. One of the, the elements the funding is aimed at addressing is uh, the, the travel costs, because of course dispersed campuses have higher costs associated with delivery of education, and that includes travel costs between campuses. Those Clare students who may have to travel between uh, Bindon Street uh, and uh, Moylish or any of the other uh, two's campuses, does that mean they'll receive a contribution to their travel costs, or, or how, how does that work, Minister? It certainly means that within the guidelines, twos can do that if they choose to. So I'm careful not to be too prescriptive here. So I've set guidelines on what the money can be spent on. It will be up to the Technological University to, to decide what their priorities are. Is it improving the sports facility? Is it hiring a librarian? Is it hiring a receptionist? Is it uh, making sure that they can continue to have a good staff ratio for smaller classes? Is it helping students and indeed staff the cost of moving between one campus and the next so it's a brand new fund we've just literally given out the allocation and now it's up to two to decide how it spends its proportion of it and of course i'll be i'll be looking at the, the returns then in advance of deciding what to do to do next year but we do need to recognize that, that those are real costs and uh, that's why i've provided this money but it's up to the universities to decide what best to do with it just before I let you go, Minister, I want to ask you a question that would have been of particular interest to you in your previous portfolios as Minister for Health. Uh, la- uh, recently on the show, we were discussing the uh, recent record overcrowding of 132 at University Hospital Limerick, and the point was made on the programme here by local Fianna Fáil councillor Killian Murphy that perhaps consensus is needed in the Midwest region in order to secure a second emergency department. And uh, uh, Councillor Murphy made the point that healthcare campaigners and public representatives in the region should should come together and perhaps realise that upgrading NS General to a Model 3 hospital with an ED in it is the best solution for the wider region and that the government, he felt, would only listen if there's consensus on that rather than various stakeholders in the region calling for all sorts of things like that and reopening the EDs at Nina and St John's. I just wonder what your view would be on that. Does Councillor Murphy have a point that maybe if there's consensus in the region and there's an ask for one particular uh, need and that being the uh, upgrade of Ennis to a Model 3 that maybe the government, uh, you and your colleagues would be more likely to be all ears to that rather than uh, responding to a, a variety of requests? 
Well, look, I, I think, I mean, I think political and community consensus on issues is always helpful in any policy debate, but I, I think it's also important for honesty in politics. I mean, my, my understanding of the situation, and, and, I, and I was the Minister for Health for four years or so, but I haven't been the Minister in, in nearly four years, so I don't have the most up-to-date and don't want to mislead anyone. But my understanding of the policy direction being led by the Minister for Health uh, is is to make the likes of Uranus's and Nina's um, much much busier uh, to provide more within them to relieve the pressure um, on the University Hospital Limerick. And does and that mean reopening the emergency departments and all of them? No, not not at all. And, and I'm not sure that's the policy direction. And I'm not aware of any such plans. But what it does mean is providing. It does mean that the pathways and the protocols in place in terms of what hospital you go to for what service, I think, have been already examined and changes have been made. And I do think there's continued. There's a continued need to do more in that space. And I know my colleague, Minister Donnelly, is very eager to do this, to make sure that the hospitals in the Midwest, that they're all busy and that they're all operating to their best capacity. But that obviously has to be done in a way that is led by clinical advice too, uh, in, term, in terms of patient safety. I do welcome some of the, I do welcome a lot of the work that my colleague, the Minister for Health, has done with the HSE uh, around University Hospital Limerick, because for what it's worth, and this is just my view, but it is my view, having been a Minister for Health, that there are capacity constraints um, in the Midwest, absolutely. But it's also my view that how the Midwestern Health Service has been run does, does raise very serious questions. Um, and I'm very pleased to see some of the changes that Minister Donnelly uh, and the HSE have made um, in terms of how the group functions and, and oversight and investment in relation to that. Because resources is one thing, absolutely, and capacity. Uh, but so too is good management and operational grip. And, and I think that is really, really important. I just wonder, though, you know, you mentioned capacity constraint. Uh, what would that suggestion of upgrading in as to a Model 3, having an ED in it, not go a long way towards helping with that? And that maybe there'd be more benefit for those stakeholders within this region calling for that on a consistent basis and solely calling for that rather than uh, reopening the EDs in the various hospitals or any sort of uh, attempt at upgrading them? So, look, I don't want to be the ghost of Christmas past here in terms of, uh, I'm not the Minister of Health now and policy is led by him, but what I, what I would say... I, I understand that, but you would have think, a certain level of, of, yeah, of, no, of you, uh, knowledge and expertise. Sure. I know, and look, and I'm very happy to share my perspective. I mean, I think what would be really useful is to have a political and community consensus around what can realistically be delivered in terms of extra services and extra demands being used in Ennis to prevent people having to travel to the University Hospital of Limerick. I do always think, and I always thought of when I was Minister of Health, and I always think it now, and I think if it was, if, I'd think it if it was my region or in relation to my own family, I do think services have to be provided on the basis of clinical advice. Um, I don't believe there's any proposals to reopen emergency departments, but I do think I do think that there is real benefit in looking at how services that are in Limerick could perhaps be provided at Ennis and indeed in other hospitals across the group, um, because we do need to continue to invest and we are going to continue to invest and the government will continue to invest uh, in hospitals like Ennis because they have a major, major role to play. We know with our demographics, we know with our waiting lists, and we know with the need for elective procedures. You know, we need all hospitals uh, going full throttle in terms of their capacity and Ennis does have an important role to play in relation to that.